Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Longhorn Rod Davis here. Let's talk about our good friends over at Ironworkers Local Union 482. Now, what you may not know is that a lot of the uh, iconic landmarks here in this city were actually created and built by the skilled craftsmanship of Ironworkers Local Union 482. Uh, And right now, they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas. And you have a chance to join this prestigious organization, Ironworkers Local Union 482. Uh, And right now, they're offering competitive wages, competitive benefits, fits as well. Uh, they even offer a pension plan and they offer training through their apprenticeship program for unskilled labor. So what are you waiting for? Maybe you're thinking about a uh, new employment opportunity. Maybe you want a refreshing career change. Maybe you want to feel valued by your employer. You can become a valued member of Ironworkers Local Union 482 and now is the time. They're hiring over 3,000 people for a big project right here in Central Texas uh, and right now is the perfect time for you to uh, to take advantage of these great opportunities online. Like I said, competitive wages, competitive benefits. They got a pension plan, uh, training for unskilled labor. Hey, you got no more excuses. What are you waiting for? Reach out to them today and maximize your potential and accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself and also help shape the future of this great city that we all love. Reach out to them today online and apply at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org. Now here's Rita Baloo live from inside your plumbing. Even if your drain doesn't show any leaks or have any eye watering smells coming from it, it doesn't mean your septic system still may not be working well. Pumping your septic tank can help improve the efficiency of your system, but you're going to need an expert. And that's why Hambone Plumbing is proud to announce Hambone Septic Pumping. The same great company now offering even more services. How do you get your septic system at proper working levels? Rita? Call Hambone, 512-388-7030. Hambonplumbing.com. License numbers M124708 TCEQ26366. You're listening to KTAEAM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock. We are the Horn. The Horn. Guests on the Horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Fabulous fifth hour, Willie Nelson. Bringing us in. Oh, uh, yeah. By the way, uh, part of the weekend, Rod, thank you to my, our buddy Nick Shuley. I was able to go to that Texas... Heritage Songwriters Hall of Fame oh, show nice. on Saturday night. How was that? Tremendous. And um, I love Nick Shuley. I was looking at him. Oh, I got to see Nick. I ran into him. Uh, we had a great time. It's a great event. Uh, the new class went in. Um, Terry McBride, uh, Eric Johnson, the great guitar player, uh, Jack Ingram, uh, Ooh, the, uh, Texas nice. Country, of course. Oh, yeah, there you go. Uh, really a, a good class. And, of course, John Randall. John Randall and um, – is one of the best songwriters and really tremendous performer. So they all go in, great videos, and then, you know Miranda Lambert and Jack Ingram and uh, oh yeah, um, 
John Randall did their song Tin Man. It was really great performances. Terry McBride's written a ton of number one songs. It was a really cool event. But when they get put into the Hall of Fame, they get uh, the Willie. They get the the Willie. The Willie. <laughs> uh, so it's a Willie Nelson statue with a headband, and now they're they're nice. hall, hall of Famers. It's pretty cool. I popped in as well for for a minute. Oh, you did? Did you really? Part did, you, did you check well, out? Did you get any good? The, the, sadly, the tickets that Shuley also got for me, were, they weren't together. So I, I found out that morning they were very the, – the people at ACL Live were very sorry about it, but I, I was with one of my friends, and we decided that not sitting together. We are sitting alone in the same place might not be the best option. So we, so I just went home. It had been a long day on Saturday. I was at the baseball game and then continued to drink after that until dinner and until that. And by that point, I was, I was ready to go home and go to sleep. So. I get you. But I appreciate yeah, we, it. We, it it looks like it was going to be a good time. Ty is such a responsible person now all of a sudden. God, all of a sudden he gets not, a girlfriend and it's all different. Friend, right? He's, he's like just, going he's, home early. He's the least drunk of all his friends. He's going home early. I mean, and she was out of town Ty. too. My Okay. My, wow. <laughs> so one of my friends, he's a professional rugby player. Um, and he, oh. he, he, just got trade, he just got traded from Atlanta to Seattle. And he was in town oh, wow. for, for like four days this week. And I, I saw him for the first time on Saturday in probably two years. Hasn't changed since high school. His nickname in high school is Hurricane Reese. As for, <laughs> Hurricane Reese. Because whenever he drank, it was like a hurricane around no matter what happened. <laughs> Hadn't changed. Uh, at at, at Mattel Rancho, they gave him a fake drink because they were, they were nice enough not to cut him off. Because they, they knew he was going to get mad if they cut him off because he, was too, he wow. was too drunk to keep drinking. So they gave him a fake drink, and he drank it as if there were, it was filled with alcohol. <laughs> the first time I've seen that done there. What, 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 were we trying to placebo effect here? Like, I guess. What was it? They, I guess, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we saw Dennis Quaid, and we had to, just, we had to stop him from, from going up to Dennis Quaid. Because he was oh, like, yeah. that's Dennis Quaid. We're like, yeah, we know. We know. Like, yeah, you know. don't Quaid go up to Dennis Quaid. <laughs> I've heard Dennis Quaid is uh, not the nicest guy, so I wouldn't just go up to him. I've heard, I've heard he can be pretty mean. When, like fans go up to him randomly. That's just what I've heard. I, I haven't experienced it. Just throwing it out there. Well, Dennis Quaid was there to and uh, Tanya Tucker was given a lifetime achievement award, essentially, which was really great. And she came out and did a great speech, the great Tanya Tucker. So uh, it was a good night, fun night. And uh, Willie Nelson, always a big part of that. He's one of the greatest songwriters of all time. So his statue is what you get. And, of course, his statue yeah. sits right outside ACL Live at the Moody Theater. Oh, people are always taking pictures with that And guy. Willie is still, still trucking. Uh, no more smoking, though. Right, no smoking weed. He eats I thought that was stupid. I think dog. he eats it. Is it edibles? I think he eats it now. It's, yeah, I think it's edibles now. Well, I think because it's, it's like too harsh on his like lungs and stuff. It, I mean, how old is Willie? Like seventy-one. Ninety-one. No, he's ninety. He's ninety. He'll oh, be yeah, ninety-one coming up. Yeah, you can't smoke when you're ninety. It's too yeah. bad. I mean, yeah. It's too harsh. I have a you. great grandpa who's ninety-nine, and he still drinks a six-pack of beer every day. It's impressive. Every day. Every, every day. day, every day. He does. I mean, he does nothing feel- besides sit there and sleep, and they're like, yeah, drinks drinks the six pack. I guess that's all. It makes me feel good though, because that means you know when I feel bad about drinking too many beers, I'm like, actually, I'm okay. He still has I his driver's more. license. Oh, nice. Well, he's not drinking and driving. Is I, he? Well, I hope <laughs> no. not. I hope not. <laughs> we hope that. Hope, hopefully, that's double when trouble he gets right the there. Pack. Double yes. trouble. Hopefully, he stays at the house. Yeah, it's a good time though. Uh, it was a great event, and uh, it's cool to see uh, the stars. All the stars were all out. And I've told the story before. My wife uh, dated Jack Ingram in middle school. They both oh. grew up in the uh, same area of the Woodlands. Uh-oh. Actually, my wife grew up across the, across the tracks there in Oak Ridge. Uh-oh. But, yeah, they were – I always say my Jack Ingram, who's a great guy, super great guy, <laughs> and great songwriter. He was the first, uh, first person, as far as I know, according to my wife, to ever get to second base with my wife. Wow. So. Well, hey, you so know he what? and I have joked about that many times. Hell, yeah. That's better than some just jabroni that did yeah, it. Yeah. Somebody's going to do it. 
Somebody I'd rather be it. a famous dude than just regular old Jabroni. Yeah. Yeah. Now he's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> now he's a Hall of Famer. He's like, hey, when are you going to be a Hall of Famer? I'm like, I don't know. Hey, I don't know. You know what? That just shows you. You got good taste, man. Yeah, you got good yeah. taste. That's all that is. Yeah, yeah. So good for Jack. That was cool. Uh, and John Randall, man, if you don't know his music, and you know, I don't know if you know the song "Whiskey Lullaby," which is a very tragic, sad song. It's one of the best songs. Country song. Country song. Oh yeah, very yeah, sad. Sad country songs. Um, yes, speaking of drinking, but yeah, he wrote that. <laughs> he wrote so many great songs. Uh, and so yeah, I was hoping Miranda Lambert would do more than just one. They just did the Tin Man, but uh, it was a good show. It was a fun time on Saturday night. And thank you to Nick Shuley, the hey, uh, Mr. Hookup. Nick is the man. Nick is the man. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that before that, we went and had a, had a drink over at uh, La Condesa, the restaurant, which is right next to ACL Live at the Moody Theater, right oh, downtown. Yeah. Me and my wife, were, I think our first date was actually at La Condesa. Great spot. Yeah, and I, our first We, we wandered in there because we had some time to kill, and uh, they, we, we, I ran into Rick Lopez, who's the executive chef and is, is, runs the shop there, and uh, they were having their 15th birthday. So happy birthday to La Condesa. I know. I said it, 15th hey, birthday. I, I know they've been there a while because me and wife have been together at t- 12 years or something and like that. We got to do a good talk about it. You know, doing, <laughs> and he, he, he quotes like Nick Saban all the time with his staff. It's all about, you know, oh, like how do you. Team building it's motivation. Not, it's not easy to keep a restaurant open 15 years in downtown Austin. I mean, it's Hell a highly no. competitive mm-hmm. environment, and there's always new restaurants coming online I and uh, keeping staff, and everybody's got their challenges. And oh, so, but just through COVID alone. Yeah. 15 years. I mean, years. hell, making it through COVID alone was a challenge. Well, you used to sit and talk to Rick for a minute. The food's amazing, but oh, everything they do, the attention to detail, everything is intentional. Uh, everything hey, is that's on. Why, that's why I made the first day spot, you know, for wife. Good job. Said, hey, man. Yeah, <laughs> I want to impress her. Yeah, good. That was a good spot. Highly suggest Lock and Death if you haven't been or haven't been in a while. Check it out. It's been a while, actually. I need to go back. It's been a while. I need to do that. Good spot. So, uh, didn't, didn't run into Ty, but it was a good time. So, uh uh, you know, thank you to Nick. That was a good weekend. What'd you do? And do any fun this weekend? I mean, I said if you if you're unfortunately on Saturday morning we had we had to go to Houston for a funeral. Unfortunately, oh, that's for, sad. yeah. Speaking to my wife, a Sorry good friend that, of her. Uh, well, it's a good friend that uh, good friend of hers growing up. Uh, her mom, uh, his mom passed away, so yeah. we made the trip and uh, came back. So I didn't get to do as much outdoor activity as I had wanted to. Did you get to do anything fun? Take mm-hmm. the baby on a walk? Uh, or yeah, we t- we went out. We went outside a few times. Had uh, brunch outside. Ooh. Kicked it a little bit. Had a good time. Yeah, but. I didn't. You know what I meant to do, and I never made it. I was trying to get to Hayes, and I never made it. Hayes City Store. Come on now. <laughs> I didn't make it out there. Oh, so. I was upset. Well, we had reserv- I had made some reservations, then we had to break them because the baby's got her own schedule. <laughs> Welcome to fatherhood. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to get out to Hayes. It's like a 20 minute drive, and then you get out there. You know, to make sure that you enjoy yourself. So we're not trying to get out there and just get food and come right back. We're stay out there a little bit. So uh, we had to change the plan. So I'm getting out there though. I want. I went to celebrate National Margarita Day, a belated one out there. Um, but I just had to settle for hanging out in Austin. Yeah, hanging out time. in Austin. That's nah, not, not bad. bad either. It wasn't bad. No, it was beautiful weather, though. The weather was amazing. Uh, Ty, what was your uh, thought on the baseball game? Uh, the crowd was great. I mean, they're getting huge crowds. And I know you said your buddies were all a little bit uh, intoxicated. But uh, good atmosphere, good stuff for a baseball team that's off to a 6-1 start? Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like when you have that kind of weather, the atmosphere out oh, there is going to be great every time. It was for, for a Cal Poly game it was it was packed i will say that and everyone pretty much stayed till the very end too so i enjoyed myself i'll definitely be back probably probably next weekend or i guess what they they're in that tournament next weekend right yeah they're in houston Mm -hmm. minute park minute maid park for and and that's a great ticket man if you love baseball and i'm assuming if the weather's like it is then it's supposed to be the weather's supposed to be great next weekend they'll open the roof oh nice i mean the coaches would have to agree to it but uh on a day like that why wouldn't you 
yeah. close that roof down in Houston. But uh, that, that'll be fun with, with those top-end teams, Texas and LSU, Texas State, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt will be down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, SEC good... folks going to be in H-Town. You oh. know, they, they wild. Well, and I'll <laughs> say this. I mean, I, you know, we, we hand bouquets to uh, Chris Del Conte quite a lot. But it is amazing how the fan experience has changed at that ballpark. I mean, old school Texas fans know going to the dish is just a tradition. You go to the dish. But I, I remember having the conversation on, on morning shows when the Dell Diamond came along. It was like, man, why is, why is that so much more fun why are you, yeah. uh, than going I – mean, I, I mean, it's Texas baseball. I'd rather watch the baseball. But at this time, I had little kids. I had young kids. I was like, man, they would so much rather drive another 30 minutes to Round Rock yeah. and go to the Dell Diamond uh, to point. see a ball game. Yeah, and it's amazing how they've—it's all changed. I mean, it's—that's uh, the environment. Not that the Dell Diamond's not great, and they had their tournament this weekend, the Carbach Round Rock Classic, and all those games out there. But uh, they—it's a—it is a—it's a place to be. It, yeah. it used to be kind of kind of like the Irwin Center uh, outdoor. It was mm-hmm. cold and hot, and there wasn't a lot going on. But boy, they, they have, there's a lot of energy. That's and that's where you want to when, when there's an yeah. event, Rod, whatever it is—music or a concert or a show or a festival game. You just want energy. You want it to be like the like, – like you can feel it. Yep. Baseball games are now palpable. And as Ty said, that's Kyle Polly. That's not like some big – wait till they play the Aggies two, in one week from tomorrow. Oh, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> no, I think CDC has a lot to do with it. I love his R&D approach, which is rip off and duplicate. Yep. It's not a shame to say, hey, I just study great fan experiences and great environments around the country. He's got a great staff that works for him, sends them those people out around the country to study the best in-game experiences for fans. And he's like, that's a good idea. Let's steal that idea. Let's take it. And he brings it. And I'll give him a lot of credit because he is so accessible and he is he's just in touch with the the common man, if you will, the gin pop. Uh, I always think he might might be too in touch with him. He's just got to answer tweets from um, people who on on Twitter that don't even really have real avatars or real names, but he'll answer a question about uh, you know the. The, the, the restroom and the facilities and whether the toilets are up to speed, that kind of stuff. I mean, he is really into every detail of the program. And because he is actually so accessible and he is in touch with the fans, the fan experience, I think, is better because he listens. Well, and he goes to the, to the games. <laughs> he listens to the fans. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Fans talk to him at games like, hey, CDC, can I ask you about this? Can we get this to come back? Can we get that? I used to love this. And they were like, you know what? I'm going to think about it. I'll tell somebody about it. And he, I think he actually does. I think I he do. actually has a he group does. of people. He says, hey, look into this because I got a fan that asked me about it. I think that actually helps the fan experience because a lot of those little small complaints or critiques, all right, they're just, uh, uh, they're just somebody who's gone there for a long time and has seen something they think is negative and they think hey man if you can change this it'll make the fan experience that much better i think the fact that he listens to the fans really means a lot now he steals great ideas too because he and he has his own great ideas too by the way but i think the fact that he listens to the fans yeah and and, and importantly goes to the games right i mean yeah, he's he one of those it himself um you know our city leaders here in austin you can tell they don't drive the roads very often right they all live yeah in and around you know downtown and i'm talking about our city council yeah i've always said man if you guys you, you guys get out on the roads like you actually get out and see what the hell's going on around Hell, here no, they don't there's <laughs> in them potholes come on man <laughs> that are every day take care of some stuff but i mean cbc's I mean, got his arms his sleeves rolled up and he's out there with the fans going to the a, game he's a man of the people he really is a man of the people. i'll give him that all right he's a man of the people. real quick rod as we uh you know, recap the weekend. The other thing that came down, and you talked about it a little bit in uh, in Rod's rant with the Houston Texans, the salary cap number was officially ruled for the for the upcoming season. Man, it's going up again. Yeah, thirty million this time. 
the team that is the furthest under the cap or over the cap rod are the Buffalo Bills, $41 million over the cap right now. Told you that window. That five-year window, window, that five year window is stressed out. That's stressed way too thin. Only the – yeah. uh, the, the team that's the most concerning are the Saints because the Saints are oh. next and they didn't even make the playoffs. The Saints don't even respect the salary cap. It's unbelievable. They, they don't even yeah, – I don't know what the hell they're doing. They've been like that for like the last three or four years. That, at least Buffalo can say, look, we made a run at it. We yeah. traded for Vaughn Miller. He got hurt. Um, you know, we, yeah. we we lost this guy Mahomes again for crying out loud. They were trying to go all in. That's why they yeah. are so cap strapped. And they're going to have to restructure. Cowboys are at twenty uh, sixth on the list. They're minus three million, but they'll re- they're going to restructure Dak and they're going to restructure a lot of contracts. Yeah, they'll have will be fine. Yeah. Um, but you're going to be married might, to Dak Prescott. They might the cut Gallup. Yeah, we'll if see. You, I hope so. Think about, it's eleven yeah, million in savings. It's, it's, and he's not giving you the production. He's not outperforming his contract. No, and not. the wide receiver draft is just too damn deep. I mean, you can get a decent wide receiver in the second, third round pretty easy. Yeah. Cowboys may not do that, but my point is, uh, yeah, Michael Gallup's not worth the money anymore. You well, could cut Brandon Cook in, and get like another $9 million too. Well, but you got to have some receivers. Yeah, you got, I, would, I would keep Brandon Cooks for now, and then I think I would draft a receiver in the third or fourth round. This is my like issue that. with the Cowboys. They're going to have to cut some people. They've got to figure out the Tyron Smith move because uh, he's now saying he wants to play. And I keep saying you only have a few picks, and they, don't, they aren't going to have a lot of flexibility, I don't think, in free agency. Um, they don't like free agency anyway. Yeah, no, and they, they don't like it, they, right? Yeah, they don't try to yeah. dabble in free agency that often. And they, they're going to have holes on their offensive line, their defensive line. They've got to fix linebacker. They've got trade to trade for a receiver. Yeah. Your trades have been pretty good. They have been. Right? Trade um, for another one. So those are the teams that are at the bottom. But at the t- this is why you mentioned the Texans, and I heard you, you know, the sound you played with Nick Wright talking about the team that can challenge. And here's why. If you look at the top ten teams in total cap space, there are two who made the playoffs last year, the Texans and the Detroit Lions. Both of those teams are sitting in a good spot. Now, the Lions have to sign Jared Goff, which they'll do. Yeah, um, but, I mean, I mean, the Lions are sitting there with $65 million in cap space. The Texans, who won 10 games in a playoff game, are sitting there with $73 million in cap space. Mm. Um, according to SportsTrack.com, that may have come down just a little bit. Uh, but, you know, the teams that have the most cap space are the, three, are the worst teams, like Washington, New England, and Chicago. Yeah. Well, there's one, two, three in the draft. Uh, they were tanking a little bit, right? They were, they were intentionally mm-hmm. trying to be here. Tennessee's in the top five. Indianapolis in the top five. But Houston and Detroit – our playoff teams in Detroit, Detroit was a, the Final Four. It was almost in the Super Bowl. They should have been. They had a double-digit lead on the 49ers. So if you're, if you're you know, looking at uh, like, like buying in the stock market, you're buying Houston, you're buying Detroit because they were, they're ahead of schedule. Typically teams that have this much cap space are drafting yeah, in right. the top ten. That's true. And most of them are. Then Washington, New England, Tennessee, oh, Chicago, man. Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Las Vegas, and Arizona. These are all drafting in the top ten. You're right. Houston and Detroit are playoff teams. So they, if they spend wisely, the point is you're adding – if you can add a couple of good pieces, you're adding it to an already pretty good team. A great and for the Lions, team. it's a for really great good team. team. I was say, yeah, you're on the verge of being a great team. Well, both won divisions, both won at least one playoff game. And, of course, the Lions should have won that damn game with the Niners. Uh, if you listen to Lions fans. The Niners and, had no business when they get – they know it, too. They know it. They knew they should have had – oh, man, it's crazy. And it, we'll see. Can they build on it? I think that's interesting with the numbers coming out. No, I didn't, I didn't realize that. That's a good point, though, about the two teams that were playoff teams. And I want to say – I'll get the number for the Lions, but, man, their, their GM – has just Brad Holmes, yeah. He has been amazing. He really has been. I'll make sure I get the right number because there's a certain number uh, percentage of his draft picks that have basically been Pro Bowls and all, Pro Bowlers and All Pros, and it's a freaky crazy number. But I'll, I'll get. I want to make sure I get the right number. I don't want to get the wrong here. 
And transfer yeah. well as everybody chases the Chiefs, they're sitting there with twenty eight million in cap space. They're gonna have to re sign Chris Jones. And they, and they re signed the they they signed the punt god. Yeah, Matt Ariza. Matt Ariza, who was like the, one of the best punters in the history of college football. Yeah, he's coming back. And they just signed that dude. Oh man, with that defense they got coming back, that's kind of scary. Yeah, well, that's they, scary. they have to re-sign Chris Jones. There's no doubt about that. But yeah. I think that they will. Definitely um, do that. And I don't, you know, they're not going to mess around all one year. This is one of the best players in all of football no. at a premium position. They need to sign him. You don't win Super Bowl. You don't win multiple Super Bowls without that guy. So, and I don't think Patrick Mahomes would be pretty happy if you let because he already traded his guy Tyreek Hill. You got to get him some receivers, but you also need to keep Chris Jones. That he's the anchor to that defense. How good they are in the secondary. So, uh, they've got money to spend too. So that's a, that's an interesting thing. And of course, that all starts mid March. We're on the timeline now. We're we're you know four days from the combine. Yep. Um, on on February 29th. By next week is the deadline to put franchise tags and get long term deals done. Then there'll be the uh, the non tampering session, Rod. Right? Then the uh, the free agency period will open right there in mid March. The league year will begin, and off we go. Yeah, so, I wonder how. Um, yeah, when you start looking at the franchise tag, because I think the numbers are already out right now in terms of the value right. of the of the franchise tag right now. It's just, man, I just wonder. Baker Mayfield's an interesting one. Really, the, that the, the the quarterback right now, Baker Mayfield is probably the most, most interesting one of all the possible free agents. Because do you let a quarterback who just won a playoff game, do you let him walk? Or do you franchise tag a quarterback? And that makes them well, like, top five money. They got to get a deal done with Baker immediately. It's interesting that we talked about that because if they're going to franchise tag Antoine Winfield. They can't I know. franchise tag him, so they got to get a deal done then. Because you're right, they, they, they franchise tag defense players and they got to get a deal done. If they don't get a deal done, then their playoff winning quarterback is going to be in free agency. I don't think we've ever seen that. What? I think uh, we've ever seen that. That's rare. It is rare. Quarterback win a playoff game and then becomes a free agent. They're going to try to get a deal done, but I just don't know if Baker is going to be open to a low ball deal because they're definitely going to try to low ball him. They're not going to try to play him, pay him what he believes his market value is. So that's an interesting one to watch. It really is. And I agree they, with that. And, they, and they're losing Mike Evans. A lot of people think Kansas City is probably going to make a move on Mike Evans. And if they do that, why sign Baker if you're just going to let Mike Evans win? Yeah, I think that's, you know, we talk about this with the Cowboys. I mean, I know they won't do this, but sometimes you got to look in the mirror and realize where you are. And the Buccaneers won their Super Bowl. Tom Brady got him a Super Bowl. But, are you know, if you bring back Baker at a mega deal, which he's earned, right? He just won a playoff game. He's going to get the big money. Or is it time to mm-hmm. begin the begin anew? Yeah. Uh, that team is going to get older. Mike Evans, older. Um, there's still some good players there, but at the same time, where are you in the pecking order of the NFC big picture? Now, you can tell yourself, kind of like the Cowboys, we were in the playoffs. Yeah. But really, are you? Yeah, that, di- yeah, that division helps too, I guess, right? That division, the NFC South, because that division is a bit of a mess. <laughs> when you start talking about the Saints, you start talking about the Falcons. That division is a bit of a mess too that helps you out. But I'm, really, I, I'm really interested to see what the, really the quarterbacks here in this offseason are going to be. Like what happens to Justin Fields? What happens to Baker Mayfield? You, were, you just talked about it. I mean, Detroit's going to re-sign Jared Goff. That goes without saying. He's going to get a big deal. Like he, he's, I think they, they thought he was going to be a bridge quarterback, and now they're thinking, I think this guy's our franchise quarterback. Well, and that's the, that's the and, decision, and right? And Baker's I mean, not getting that love. Well, and that's you, you were around him the whole year, right, if you're the Bucks, And it's like, look, this was the number one pick in the draft for a reason, and maybe he's finally matured to the point where Could be. he does deserve to be our franchise quarterback, and we're going to build around him. That's just a decision you have to make. I my concern, you know, goes back to the Cowboys. The Cowboys are going to remarry Dak Prescott for another five years, and that's I don't think that's going to end well for them. We'll see. Well, like the Cowboys, the Mike McCarthy connection with Dak is big because he had his best year. That's right. When Mike McCarthy started calling the place, Dave Canales 
Who, Carolina now. He's, yes, who was the offensive play caller for the Bucks? He's gone. How much of his influence do you think was a factor in the resuscitation and rehabilitation of one Baker Mayfield? And then you're losing Mike Evans, too. So I, I just wonder what they're going to do. I mean, I just, that's a lot to consider. And then, like I said, I've never heard of a, a quarterback who won a playoff game hitting free agency. It's just – it sounds absurd, but it, that's exactly what may end up happening. And by the way, Baker's won playoff games for two different franchises, which it's rare. It is very rare. Like, <laughs> playoff wins are hard anyway. He's done it for two different franchises. So, you know, he's way past bust and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the question is now – Will a team take a chance on him as their bridge quarterback or franchise quarterback of the future? I don't really know. He's still relatively young, too. Let's think about Baker. Yeah, and we'll see, you know, just switching back to the Cowboys. Are the Cowboys going to use a franchise tag? We know each of the last two years they put it on Tony oh, Pollard and Dalton Schultz. That's a good question. Uh, they did it with Dak Prescott a few years back. They did it with Demarcus Lawrence as a one-year placeholder while they secured a long-term deal. They should have just signed Dak, by the way. The one name that, that jumps out for the Cowboys would be Tyler Biotish, their, their center. Because centers don't make a ton of money. It That's wouldn't true. be a huge hit, and you'd lock him up. That's so a good you, point. Because you know what he is. He's the anchor of your, your offensive line. That's not He's bad. a good player. It's kind of like uh, you know, Dalton Schultz. Like, you know, we, we, we don't have to want to go have to replace this guy. And it's not going to cost us that much on the center market to have him making that for one year. Will he be disgruntled, though, because that's what happened to Dalton Schultz. Oh, yeah. Because players hate the franchise tag. Well, but what did they do? They went out and drafted Jake Ferguson knowing that he's going to be disgruntled and he'll leave right after that. So maybe that's the plan, to draft the center in this draft and then Which keep is, him and let him walk. And, and if, you, if you're going to say the same thing about Tony Pollard, then you keep saying, why didn't they draft a running back last year? That, that was stupid. Because now i got to figure out what to do with running back uh, because Tony Pollard's a free agent again and you're not going to tag him again. Yeah. And now you yeah. need a back. You need a back, and this is actually a weak running back draft. This is not the strongest running back draft. Last year was a really good running back draft. That's when you should have drafted a running back. There should have. This is the year that's not, it's not great. I mean, you can still find a quality running back. I'm not saying that, but, hell, Jonathan Brooks is the top running back on the board. He's coming off an injury. That's the thing, right? Because you could, you could see – I did see some reporting over the weekend that the, the Cowboys like Jonathan Brooks I saw a lot. that too, yeah. But, yeah. you know, and we like Jonathan Brooks a lot, too. But when's he going to be ready? You need a running back week one. You need one right now, man. Yeah, and that would be the question. Can you, in free agency, address running back? Yep. Because um, remember, the, 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 the Texans found Derek, Sting, Derek uh, Singletary, or Devin Singletary, Singletary, a one-year deal. He was just, like, yeah, out there. For at, Buffalo, right? Yeah. You, yeah, he came from yeah, Buffalo. Late yeah, late in the free agency process. That's yeah. a position you can find. So, you know, you trust the Cowboys that they can get a good back. But then if you draft Jonathan Brooks, then by midseason you could have – Oh, you're you're back in the future. Running back one, yeah, ready to go. And as we've said many times, the Cowboys in this, with their second round picks aren't afraid to take a take a risk on a guy who they have a, has a first round grade on. That is true. I mean, they've done That's it many done many it. times. Yeah. And you know, sometimes it's it's hurt them, right? The Randy Gregory pick was a bad one, um, but he was, was a first round grade talent wise. But he had drug red flags, and those cropped up. You know, Jalen Smith out of Notre Dame, he had a first round grade, but got hurt in the Fiesta Bowl, and he never was the same. Yeah, um, But they've also hit on guys like Sean Lee in the second round. They've hit on uh, Trevon Diggs Devin in the Diggs second round. One, yep. uh, so, you know, that's – Jonathan Brooks is a name to watch for the Cowboys. I don't think there's any doubt. But they would have to address free agency, running back in free agency or a trade. Uh, they can't trust that that's their back. Or if you're going Rico Dowdle. Yeah, you get you can't do that. You got to go in free agency, then you got to go get your running back. Yeah, uh, which they could have got a bunch of cheap ones last season. I remember saying they should have got Deontay Foreman because well, he was just available. Well, you wonder if the Cowboys they had a plan to draft a running back and they just didn't. Well, um, the you know, the overshone Dan Quinn won the overshone debate in the third could round, be. and 
uh, that's when you would have taken a back and, um, and, and you know, Luke, because, again, if you were going to franchise, if you're getting rid of Ezekiel, you were going to get uh, and franchise tag Tony Pollard and do the yep. Dalton Schultz one-year deal. You needed to draft the replacement. You need to have running back. And no, they just and, – and, and it really came back to haunt them. It did. On short yardage situations at the goal line, not having that running back, a guy that could, you know, get those much-needed yards for you. And in the playoffs, they couldn't run the ball. Well, that's why I mentioned earlier, would the Texans consider – would they consider Damian Pierce in a trade if Houston's going to go after Saquon Barkley? Yeah, but that was just a bad – that was a bad scheme fit because he's not a zone runner, and they were running the Shanahan zone behind running scheme. Look, I'm a big Damian Pierce fan. He's a good player. That dude is a physical runner. He would be what the Cowboys need. That's a great Uh, point. Young guy, third year in the league going into who's – you know, he got a little bit nicked up last year, and you're right, he didn't fit the scheme. Never really, you know, hit the hole like they wanted. But you know, the Cowboys run a different scheme. Uh, and you and you've you've you traded cheap. You've, and you've traded with the Texans before. Yeah, the Brandon Cooks trade, right? Yeah. yeah. So well, that wouldn't be because because again, if Houston is going to get in on Saquon Barkley, and now there's reports that he and as you said, C.J. Stroud are talking. That's not uh, bad. Yeah, that um, you know, and Houston, you know, you could. What are you going to get? Fifth round pick for Damian Pierce, something that's fine. like that. That's fine. Yeah, for um, running back. Yeah. I like that idea, though. Yeah, I think that's a, that's one of those win-wins for both squads. Yeah. Because Damian Pierce is doing nothing. I mean, I, I'm shocked at how little he played last year. That as the season went on, he played less and less. Yeah. They didn't even put him out there well, as a change of pace. And part of it was Singletary was playing so well. I mean, he if was you, playing really you well. You look the last eight games of the year, he was up there with, like, in terms of usage, like usage yeah. and, and production for his team, yeah. he was up there with McCaffrey and those guys just, of what he was doing. No, that's what I'm saying. And it, I, David, Damian Pierce was healthy. They just thought he can't. He doesn't run well in this system. He's not a zone blocking, a zone. Sorry, zone runner. Well, a be, zone blocking. Is Saquon Barkley? That becomes a question. Oh, he can do anything. Yeah. Some backs say like don't matter. Like that guy <laughs> said, he can do anything. That's Christian McCaffrey. Hey. That's Saquon. Coming back, we go behind the burn orange curtain. The NFL season never ends, or the college football season. Also, Rod will take us behind the burn orange curtain. And how the hell did Cam Newton fight off three dudes? Three trying to, dudes trying to take his knock his block off. Guess what? They couldn't reach him. It's uh, <laughs> hook him up with Ian Rod. Aaron Hogan. Rod Beavers, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Good stuff right there, T.Y. Jack Ingram. Mentioned just went into the Texas Songwriters Hall of Fame. He actually performed that song the other night, talking about how when his dad left the family and headed to Biloxi. Heading to Biloxi. Heading to Biloxi. And the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, ACL Live at the Moody Theater on Saturday night. Thank you to Nick Shuley and the team. Joe Abels over at uh, Saxon Pug. Big part of that event every year. Bob Cole. Bob Cole was uh, nice. And, you know, the host of that event, Rod, was uh, Ronnie Dunn from the band Brooks and Dunn. And all those uh, hits that they've had. Ronnie Dunn was uh, not sober. (laughs) Let's <laughs> just say, he has a good time while he's there. Not so far. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you get to see any of that, Ty, that, uh, with, with Ronnie Dunn? Uh, he's a Texan, of course, from out there in uh, what's Seminole or something. Um, That's great. Yeah, he was he was having a good time. Hey. Uh, it made for, it made, yeah, I think it's kind of like Ricky Gervais on the uh, People's Choice Awards, right? The, uh, the host should be drunk. It's good. Makes it fun. <laughs> should be buzzed, at least. Yeah, yeah, he, he was having a good time. going on there. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. It, is. it was a good time. Uh, all right, so we've got that. We did have the uh, Screen Actors Guild Awards over the weekend, Rod, and uh, Oppenheimer this, did well. 
Yeah, Oppenheimer's going to clean up. I clean mean, up. Yeah, it's gonna. It's definitely going to win best best picture. I just don't think it's close right now. It's they're like the Kansas City Chiefs among all those. There were some good movies, <laughs> but that's nominees. that's one of the better movies in a while. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's like it's historically great. As a, the rest of them are just good movies for this season for this year. Um, that's like a, a movie that's kind of, I think going to be considered you know historically great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and like I said, if you haven't seen it, it's available on Peacock. You can go watch it. It's about Peacock. three hours, but it don't feel like three hours at all. Really that's, doesn't. That's the best compliment I can give a movie is that it's a three-hour uh, movie that doesn't feel like a three-hour experience. You are riveted the entire time, yeah. glued to it. Well, it's just the, the way Christopher Nolan made the film was just uh, oh yeah, it's it's, uh, it's menacing, but it's it, it, it's really well done. Uh, yeah. So check that out. So that one over the weekend. Yeah, no doubt. Um, speaking of awards, um, speaking of awards, um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into uh, we'll get well, Raj, we'll get to Raj rant tomorrow a little bit, but I want to talk about talk talking about the combine and breaking down what trends and patterns uh, in football right now are gonna help and hurt the Texas products. So I'm doing that now. We'll get into that later on this week. I think that's gonna be really really fun to talk about because there are some patterns and trends that are affecting and matter of fact we just found out another one the nfl is considering changing the kickoff return rules uh to the xfl kickoff return yeah and they're gonna try have a new proposal by march and you said they don't have the votes yet they need that according 24, to yeah 24 to 32 or 31 whatever uh owners need to vote on it and approve it but there is a you know there's a movement um, inside the competition committee that wants to change the NFL kickoff rules because basically right now it's a wasted play. If that indeed happens, think about that and how that's going to increase the draft stock of a guy like Keelan Robinson. Like now teams don't even keep guys on their roster for kickoff returns. Why would you? <laughs> I mean, you only return like you know, 30% of kickoffs, and even those, I mean, your gains are negligible. But if you change to the – kickoff rule for the XFL. I believe they have a 90% kickoff return rate, something yeah. like that. It's crazy, and you, you can get a lot of hidden yardage on those kickoffs, and smart coaches are going to start keeping players on their roster who can help them in that manner, and you don't want your a lot of your front-line starters, the big money guys, you don't want them returning kicks all the time. Hell no, they get hurt out there, and then my big money's hurt. So what you're going to get is their backups, are your specialty players, and they don't keep a lot of specialty players now, just because, hey man, I, I got, I only got so many roster spots, I can't afford to keep you just for a basically when the NFL shadow banning kick or kick returns anyway. There's no point in me keeping you because you don't really add enough, all right, to the equation. But if they bring, if they change that kickoff to XFL kickoffs, guys like Keelan Robinson with the exp- expansion of practice squads, practice squad rule change, you can keep guys on there for longer. He could be a guy that could find a role with a team just as any, any elite return specialist. It's possible. It ain't possible right now, but if they change their rule, it is. So they're talking about trends and patterns like that that are, that are affecting on a macro level, affecting players' draft stock. So I, could, I think I could do that for almost every player that's coming out from Texas, so I'm working on that. Good stuff. Looking forward to that uh, as the week goes on towards the combine beginning Thursday. Yep. I'll have it before Thursday. Good stuff. All right. Let's get uh, behind the burn orange curtain time one more time. We'll get what's popping and what we'll be watching tonight, uh, including some Big 12 basketball, but first Ooh. behind the VOC. Let's do it. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. Now, pro football focus 
uh, they came out with their big board over the weekend, uh, which is they ranked every player coming out in the NFL draft. Uh, they ranked 10 of the 11 Longhorn players, so they didn't rank Keelan Robinson. So they did almost every player, but almost every high-profile player. So I want to go through those rankings. Uh, like every big board I've seen and like every mock draft I've seen, Byron Murphy is the number one Longhorn off the board each and every time. As a matter of fact, um, Dane Brugler wrote his um, the 15 prospects that he's you know can't wait to watch at the Combine. And he has a tweet talking about Byron Murphy. He's had a man crush on Byron Murphy for a while. You can go back and look at his uh, Twitter um, account going back to, I think, December. I, I saw him start to tweet out stuff about Byron Murphy and how much he liked him. And he said his evolution from running back, linebacker, slash linebacker to freak D lineman. And then it has his goals to for the run, the 40-yard dash, and the bench, and the three-cone. Um, so he's considered a guy that's actually going to increase his draft stock at the combine. A lot of people think he's going to test really, really well uh, because he does have enormous freakish strength. Remember, Bruce Feldman has his uh, freakish athletes list that he makes or that he uh, has before every college football season. He goes and talks to insiders, goes and talks to coaches and um, different scouts, and he figures out who are the most freakish athletes in college football. And he did have Byron Murphy on the list. Uh, this is prior to the 2023 season, but here's what the excerpt said from the Byron Murphy uh, ranking on his freaks list. The Longhorns have gotten a lot better in the trenches on Steve Sarkeesian's watch, and the 6'1", 308-pounder is a good example why. The junior, who had 26 tackles and three tackles for loss last year, has been clocked at 18 miles per hour on the GPS, had a team-best 455-pound front squat and power-cleaned 375 pounds. He says, and even Coach Tory Beckton, the strength and conditioning coach, says he could have lifted more. But Coach shut him down. Um, he said, but he could have gotten to 500 on the front squat, a full five <laughs> in the power cling. Uh, but Coach shut him down. And when Byron Murphy was asked, hey, man, who, who are the strongest guys on the team? He said, squat and bench, I think it's me. Um, he says he likes to go into the weight room and just lift until he can't lift anymore. Those kind of guys are freaks at the NFL Combine. So Byron Murphy, uh, he was the highest-ranked player on the Pro Football Focus Big Board. He's at 12 overall. Uh, A.D. Mitchell, second-highest-ranked player by the Longhorns for Pro Football Focus Big Board, and they have him at 37th overall. Uh, J.T. Sanders is at 41st overall. They have Xavier Worthy at 49th overall. Uh, Jay Brooks, they have at 59th overall. Um, and he got Tavondre Sweat at 90th. I think that's probably criminal uh, to have Tavondre Sweat that low. I heard Mel Kuyper saying this weekend that Tavondre Sweat might be the top D tackle on his board. That would make him higher than Byron Murphy. So Mel Kuyper's thinking about having Tavondre Sweat that high. Jim Nagy of the, uh, the the Senior Bowl, the executive there, he tweeted out that Tavondre Sweat shouldn't drop out of the first round. I need Tavondre Sweat's training. And they, by the way, they have Tavondre Sweat as the top interior D lineman in all of college football with the highest grade, 91.7, higher than Byron Murphy, yet they got him at 90th. So they're assuming he's going to have a bad combine or something. Like, to me, big board-wise, Tavondre Sweat should be much higher. Uh, but it does show you, based on these big board rankings by Pro Football Focus, you're going to have a really deep second-round draft for Texas. It, it, now, you could have multiple guys in the first round, but if Byron Murphy's your only first-round pick, that means A.D. Mitchell, J.T. Sanders, Xavier Worthy, Jonathan Brooks, 
and Tavondre Sweat are all going to get drafted in the second, like around the second. Maybe they'll drop to the early third round. But I think most of those guys, I, think, I don't think there's no way Tavondre Sweat drops out of the second round, in my opinion. I just don't see it happening. Um, so, like I said, that second round could be your boom round for Texas in the draft. They got Christian Jones ranked 120th overall. That's good for Christian Jones. That puts him, what, fourth round range, something like that. He's projected to be a guard. I think that's actually a good place for Christian Jones. So he's higher up on Pro Football Focus Big Board than I thought. Uh, they got Ryan Watts, actually, and and uh, right ahead of Jalen Ford. Jalen Ford's at 217 uh, by their rankings. I think that's low, but off-ball linebackers just don't get a lot of premium value. Uh, Jordan Whittington's ranked 221st by Pro Football Focus on their big board, and he's the last Longhorn ranked after that. Uh, Keelan Robinson would have been the next Longhorn, but they didn't have him ranked at I saw so uh, that's the Longhorns and by the way I mean it's not out of the realm that Jordan Whittington you know could get some love as a priority free agent I, I, I don't know if he, I don't think he'll get drafted but this is a really shallow pool of talent at the at the later end of the draft at, at late in the draft because you have underclassmen who are now staying in school because of extra eligibility because of NIL. So you got fewer underclassmen to choose from. So you have a, you know, a, a shallow uh, depth of talent there late in the draft. And because of that, maybe a guy like Jay Witt will rise up some draft boards and become a priority free agent for a team. Got to pass those medical evaluations over him. That's going to be big. 100%. I would say if uh, Bill Belichick were still <laughs> coaching, because uh, if Brendan Schooler can – Stay on a team in the NFL, Jordan Whittington can help a team. 